Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is life. I'm your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-host, KJ down below, T-Bone over there. What's going on, boys? How's it going? Living it. Doing good. And we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. The United States Open was this week at Wingfoot. The madman himself, not John Rahm, but Bryson DeChambeau comes out on top. I mean, that guy's just been making storylines all year long. So we're going to talk a lot about Bryson. U.S. Open, full recap coming your way. And then towards the end, T-Bone was on a golf trip. So we are going to hear all about T-Bone's golf trip over at Kiowa Island. Right, Scaff Daddy? Yes, sir. Awesome. Some merch. Yep. And then KJ was in the club championship this weekend. So busy weekend across the board for the 300 Park crew. So we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, Follow us on social media at 300 Park Pod. That is the number three, 300 Park Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And then write us a review because we want to hear from you on what your thoughts were on the U.S. Open. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below on what you thought of the U.S. Open as well. Send us an email. DMs are open. All that is in the description below. We'll put timestamps in the description below as well. So when we talk about certain subjects, certain things, you'll be able to follow the podcast a little bit more closely. So. U.S. Open, KJ, what we, the, the hype was pretty big, I would say, going into the U.S. Open, right? Yeah, I was feeling it. Uh, you know, first major, it felt like golf is back, really. You know, sometimes it takes a major, you know, or a Ryder Cup to really get you going um, as far as, you know, golf viewing. But I, it, it looked so tough. I was so surprised after the first day. I know it was, you know, a little wet, so guys were kind of able to throw darts and it wasn't as firm. But I was surprised with the scores, even it playing easier, that there was five and six, and that's just unreal on that golf course. I don't care. Even even with it being wet, those greens are atrocious. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it really was. So Bryson comes out on top, making headlines. Uh, Are we happy or, like, Half sad or what? What's going on with the with Bryson Wynn? What What are we, our initial thoughts there? Because I was like, you know, because I even tweeted this. I was like, look, I've been wrong about Bryson along the way. I I was big on him coming out of college, but we have a love hate relationship with Bryson. I feel like we have good Bryson, we have bad Bryson. Just T-Bone, what do you think about Bryson just being the United States Open champion? <clears throat> so, I think you hit it on the head pretty well. I think we're kind of all all over the board in terms of how we feel about him. But overall, I think I'm kind of bummed. And <laughs> it, it's almost like, you know, we were talking about, I, I think a few months ago on this podcast, we're saying, you know, hitting this absolute bomb off the tee, we don't know how that's going to translate at a major. And so far, it's looking pretty good in majors. So I know he's got, I think, a top 10 at the PGA Championship and then pretty much a domination, dominating performance here at the U.S. Open, only golf under par. So he's going to be around. He's going to be around for a long time, and it's almost one of those things that we've been making excuses to almost root against him, I think, but we've kind of got to accept that he's a stud and he's maybe has figured something out. Yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of... It did kind of bum me out just because of, you know, the way I <laughs> We're thought all kind of his, sad. his game was, was going to stack up at a U.S. Open. 
you know, if, if there's ever going to be a tournament that is going to bring the, I don't care where it goes, I'm just going to bomb it to its knees, it's going to be the U.S. Open. And it didn't happen. So, like, you could have, you could have given me 30 names probably, and Bryson wouldn't have been up there on that yeah. one. Well, it's also one of these things where he keeps talking about, I mean, golf is fucking hard. And he keeps saying this thing about, you know, I'm reinventing it. I'm doing all this stuff. I hope other people can, you know, learn from how I've played golf. And I think that's put a lot of people off and almost made us want to root against him. But it looks like it might be working. Man, even going back to when he first came out on tour, like, so, I mean, mad props to Bryson DeChambeau because – People have actually like really doubted him along the way with everything that he's done. He wrote people the wrong way when he came out, hadn't won a PJ Tour tournament before, and he's on those freaking Microsoft commercials with like all the XYZ Pythagorean theorem stuff going on in the background. He's like, oh, I'm trying to reinvent the game, but I use my Microsoft Surface. It's like, okay, dude, like go do something. And he's been very brash just with everything that he's done with his run-ins from Brooks Kepka. And just everything that he does just rubs people the wrong way. I think I took a screenshot, uh, Solly over at no laying up. He tweeted this out and I thought this was great. And this didn't even encapsulate everything. So credit to him on this one. But he, but he said just this year alone, Bryson quote unquote gained a million pounds, became the longest in the game, fought some fire ants, made it 10. Was that, where, where, where was that at the Memorial? Is that the Memorial? Yeah. He called up Brooks Kepka's abs. He cooked bacon shirtless. He said he wanted to live to be 130, yelled at a cameraman, had his caddy block the cameraman. He berated a rules official that one time, but he also yes. was open. Like, Bryson has had a year with everything. And, look, he's the – this is some pretty good company that he's in. Only two people have ever won the NCAA championships alone, the USAM and the US Open. That is Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods. And now you throw in Bryson DeChambeau's name in that mix which is almost sacrilegious to say out loud almost, but that's some pretty good company to be in. And he's a psychopath, man. Like, I don't even know. He's a crazy person, but like, he's good for the game. I feel like. Oh, absolutely. And just the the list you talked about. I mean, if you go even further back, just as long as we've known Bryson, it's everything you just said in the past year, but you think about, he comes out with the same length irons. He wears that hat. He, (laughs) He's a physics major, and he lets you know it. I mean, he's always doing something that people are going to notice. And it is great for the game of golf, but also pretty, maybe annoying. Definitely annoying. Definitely annoying. Yeah, it's, man, I don't know. And look, props to him and the fact that he has totally reinvented his game. He really has. Uh, seeing those pictures from like, when he came out first on tour from his SMU days to now it's like who ate Bryson, but you know, yeah. just drinks all those freaking protein shakes, but it's work. Like I can't, he's called his shot literally every single time. Now it's outrageous. And to your point, KJ, if he was going to win, I thought he would have quote unquote bullied Augusta first for his first major win, not a U.S. open, especially at Wingfoot. But dude, that guy, I don't know. I, I I thought we were. I thought KJ was on the right track with picking Webb Simpson, who ended up having a top ten finish. Because you got to hit fairways, but also with his swing speed and everything, the rough. It's not a non-factor, but you can get out of that rough easier when you have 
when he's so strong and has that swing speed that I didn't really consider that whenever we were picking uh, for this tournament. So Yeah, I, I barely watched the tournament because I was golfing the whole weekend, but one of the shots I saw was a, I want to say a nine iron from 220 in the rough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's offensive. That really is offensive. Granted, it was downwind, but he got it there. I don't, I don't care if it's downwind and you know it's going to jump on you hard. That ball's 40 yards short if I catch a jumper. Yeah. <laughs> Bomb. Oh, and it's wing foot, dude. But, like, the fact that he was the only person under par for the tournament, like, he earned it. I, I, there's no yeah. if ands, buts about it. I think he deserved to win this week. People are going to gripe about the setup. They always will, especially at a U.S. Open. And, look, some days were easier than others. I think day one when everybody was under par, you know, you heard rumors of, the Wingfoot staff was upset with the USGA coming and setting it up too easy, which we don't really hear that that often. Uh, but then they clap back. And even on Sunday, dude, that's what you won in a U.S. Open. He was the only person under par on Sunday, period, in the entire field. Uh, it was pretty interesting, though. Uh, I, I tuned in a lot on Sunday. Him and Matthew Wolf, I was ready for a showdown, man. And I, I was pulling hard for Matthew Wolf. I mean, y'all know my stance on Matthew Wolf. I love that guy. And it was only a second major ever to play in. And he finished top 10 at the PGA last year and second at the U.S. Open this year. So he's gotten some good track record. I just think it was almost too early for him to start winning. 21 years old. I think he learned a lot from this. And um, so that's my thoughts on that. And, and Scott, I'll give you some credit for this. I think your prediction was – it was bold. And I think it was about a year ago you said he would be the best Oklahoma State golf grad of all ever. time was that the was that the quote will be the best golfer to ever come out of oklahoma state so i think that was a a pretty pretty big claim to make but now when you think of him compared to ricky it's kind of like who <laughs> yep exactly who? ricky fowler yeah. and i i can't even get into ricky he unless we're talking about mortgage commercials then he's the king <laughs> The Rocket Mortgage, dude. I would oh, man, there's a lot that we can dive into about Ricky, but I'm not going to. I think he finished, if I'm not mistaken, like last strokes gained to the field, just overall. Just not a good performance. I think he made the cut. I don't even know. I don't keep track of Ricky Fowler anymore. It's not not my thing. I'm more interested in Matthew Wolf, man, because that guy is fire. Between him, Hovland, and Morikawa, those three guys are studs. Yeah, I think Morikawa is going to be more than Wolf, I'll be honest with you. Um, but that was a ballsy quote, but I, I got to agree with you, Scott. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you here. <laughs> Always hate hearing that. But, you know, I don't know what else more you can say about Bryce, and that hasn't already been said, besides the fact that he's kind of a douchebag. He's not that likable, but whenever you hear him talk about it, you're like, okay, I see his perspective. I see where he's coming from. And to your point, KJ, he really is kind of changing the game. At the moment, like even yeah. my boss came in today and he was like, hey, like, I think I might get some same length irons. And it's like, well, I never would have heard anybody say that before. But so a question I have, I think a, someone who I thought about with this tournament was Brooks. And I thought about, you know, a few weeks back with this banter they had going. One of the things they talked about was Brooks said, I don't need to hit the ball further. You know, basically hinting it. He doesn't need to be like Bryson, but it makes you wonder if there's going to be other guys that are going to follow behind him and start bulking up and just trying to hit the piss out of the ball. 
because I mean, why not if so it's far it's like this? Yeah. And I, I almost feel like Rory sees a lot of the potential and he's almost a more mild version of Bryson because, you know, we've we've always talked about the fat, curly-haired Rory days compared to now. So I think, you know, and then same same thing with Tiger, just those guys getting jacked, but I think, you know, Bryson took it to that next level. And it's curi- I'm curious to see if, if people are going to start doing this or you're going to have, you know, high school golfers starting to just get massive. I don't know. Yeah. Makes you think. That's actually a question that we got submitted uh, by Garza, friend of the pod. Garza, we all know him. He said, how will Bryson winning affect coaching at the high school and college level? Uh, do you think people will put more of an emphasis on working out, especially seeing what Bryson has been doing and has done? Will people put an emphasis on it? Like, do you think people who are good in college will, who just have like an average season will bulk up in order to try to get better uh, to improve their game for the pro level? Does that make sense? Yeah. And again, are people going to start working out a lot more and bulking up the way that Bryson did? Like if they're yes. an average college player, are they going to just start hitting the gym hard and you know, doing everything they can to get that distance? That's the thing, which I just don't understand how – I just don't see this working for everyone. There's there's nothing in golf that says everybody has to do this. That's why it's golf. It's unique, you know. Some swings don't look anything remotely like you would expect for a a swing on the PGA Tour. Well, think of the last two. Final group on Sunday. Yeah. Got the mad scientists and the wolf. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know – it's, it's going to be the same answers. You know, what works for some doesn't work for others. And that's kind of the way it is through anything in golf, you know? I mean, that's even what Bryson said, swing your swing. That's what Arnold Palmer used to say. You know, he, Arnold Palmer, forget – I mean, people forget that he had a wacky little swing and follow-through. Even Jack Nicklaus, man, like, to your point, Tivo, and seeing those last two guys in the final group, those are the most – outside of Jim Furyk I was, and maybe Hideki – two most interesting swings that are out on tour right now. And look, you just get the ball in the hole. That's all that matters. Just get the ball in the hole. It's fun to see though. It's fun to watch. For sure. Yeah. Is this sustainable for Bryson? That's what I want to know. Is this sustainable? The working out and everything, you know, every, I feel like every guy goes through this, I'm going to bulk up phase, right? You know, I'm going to get yoked try to bench press 400 pounds, but especially for golfers, and now it also include baseball players in this, you know, you need that flexibility. You need to be able to maneuver in ways that the body isn't natural. It's not natural to the human body. So mm-hmm. in bulking up like that, it's hard to keep the weight up. Like look at an NFL lineman after they're done playing the NFL, they always drop like 50 or 60 pounds. Uh, Joe yeah. Thomas. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw Luke Donald. He got to number one in the world. He wanted more distance, started working out and everything. And then his game just went to hell. Like, I don't know. Everybody's different. You're right, KJ. It just depends on the person. But I don't know if it's sustainable. Do you all think it's sustainable? Like, I think it'll work for the short term. But over a 10, 15-year career, I, I just don't know. We're going to be seeing him swing that swing speed when he's uh, 40, 45? No. But, you know, he's going to get him – He's going he's gonna to max out. He's going to max out, you know. That's what he's going to do. Whether his swing speed is 
five miles an hour less, you know, when he's 40 more than likely, but is he still going to be swinging at as hard as he is now? Yeah, I guarantee you. And the thing that also with Bryson is he's always going to be doing something new. I think he's, his quote after the round was the next thing he's trying is he's going to get the longest possible shafted driver within the legal limits. And it's, he's going to see if he can get more swing speed with a longer shaft. So I think he's always going to be doing something weird. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say hoping, but I'm thinking that it's not always going to work out for him. It might not, dude. I don't, you're right, man. Bryson's game now, if there's anything we've learned from him through seeing his progression just on tour alone, his game is going to look completely different five years from now than it does at the moment. And but bottom line, dude, he's a major champion now. That's so weird to say. He's a major championship winner at a course that kicked the teeth into a lot of golfers. And he did great. I don't know. I don't know, really know what else to add to that. Like, people are going to try to – golf is so stale sometimes. People, and he's really trying to innovate the game. People, I think more people are going – especially who are more analytical-minded like himself or like a Tom Kite-type person, they're going to come in and really try to mess with things just to tinker with what works and really try to change the game. But, dude, he's the first person to do it, and mad props to him. I still don't like him. I don't. Uh, if I if, – I think I would like to get a beer with him, though. I think he would just have a lot to say, and I would love to pick his brain on some things, almost to the point where it hurt my head, and I might say shut up and leave. But – I don't like him, but I respect him. You got to respect it. So think about how brash he's going to be now. Think about all the comments. We, just, we went through the list this long, alone, especially with the run-ins with Brooks Kepka. Brooks had a point where he said now he feels like he can talk after he won a major or two. Then he started sharing his true thoughts. Is there more that Bryson can share to the world that we don't already know, you think? Skeff. Uh, go ahead, Skeff. You're saying, is there, is there more that Bryson can share? So, you know, when Brooks Kepka won, he said, hey, now I feel like I can share my true thoughts. Like, he was almost oh, yeah. kind of holding back from the media. Do you think yeah. Bryson might be that same way? Like, is there anything that we already know? Oh, I don't, I don't think he's been holding back. I hope he hasn't been holding back. <laughs> I know way too much about this guy. He puts his fucking golf balls in solvent to find the level gravity point. I mean, <laughs> what, other, what other golfer do I know that about? I mean, that, I know everything about Bryson. I hope he hasn't not opened up. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's got much more left in the tank. He's a, he is, you know, that douchebaggy kind of, you know, feel to him and in-your-face type guy. So I don't think he's holding back on us at all. Is there an asterisk on this major since Brooks, Brooks Kepka didn't play? No. I think so. Nah. We, we talked about this when we were making our picks. None of us would even put him up there. I, I think you you did, Scott, didn't you? Didn't you say you'd pick him? No. I don't think so. I, I think I would always love to pick Jordan Spieth at the Masters, but I don't, I don't think I would pick Brooks for this week just because he's not healthy. That's the only reason why. If he's healthy, sure, probably. But until, we, until I know he's healthy, I don't know if I'm going to be picking Brooks again for any majors. And he's going to – because he's been saying he's been healthy for like nine months, but he – but he isn't. And that's kind of evident in his golf game too. So Brooks get healthy though. So he's, 
man, can you imagine, let's say next year. So the next two major championships are the Masters. Let's think about that. Wow. Yep. I saw that on Twitter, and I just I can't get wrap my mind about that. That is fantastic. The next two major championships are the Masters. I want a Bryson and Brooks showdown at Augusta. How cool would that be? Well, I'd like to throw a few other people in there. I would hate to see just them two going at it. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to see, you know, a couple bombers going at it. Don't think that uh, – well, I mean, I don't even know what I think anymore because I thought for sure, like, this the only one, there's no chance he had to win and he blew everybody away. So, <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know. It's golf. That's the only explanation is golf. I mean – I'm sure people have always said this in golf, but it just feels like right now the talent is so deep. That newer crew, like Victor Hovland, Wolf, Morikawa, they're legit now. And then you have, you know, JT, Rom, all those guys. And then you have people like DJ, who just kind of comes out of the works and becomes player of the year. Hell, who knows what Tiger can do at the Masters. It just feels like the, the talent level is so deep right now and anyone can win. To that point, you know who finished T6 at the, at the U.S. Open this year? Will Zalatoris did. That guy's not even on the PGA Tour right now. <laughs> He's on the freaking web.com. And, you, went, you know, this year with the corona and whatnot, those Corn Ferry guys aren't going to be graduating to the PGA Tour. That guy is getting shafted with that rule this year because that he just he finished top six at the U.S. Open, beating the best players in the world. That guy is PGA Tour ready. If you're not familiar with Will Zalatoris, get to know that guy because he's one of those Dallas guys like Scotty Scheffler. They grew up playing together. Will Zalatoris is going to be big time on the PGA Tour, in my opinion. So, uh, but we might have to wait a year if the P- I hope the PGA Tour gives him like a special exemption. Slash, he gets a lot of sponsors' invites to the PGA Tour because that guy can earn his way up there quickly, I think. But uh, who's who are you most disappointed in at the U.S. Open this year? Like, who's that one guy that was like, man, I was expecting a little bit more. Um, like, I don't think anybody was going to beat DeChambeau. Like Matthew Wolf shooting sixty-five on Saturday. It's hard to follow up a good round with another round, so I'm not necessarily disappointed with Wolf. Uh, who else kind of sticks out in your mind? Uh, KJ just didn't have a good week and we expected more. I don't know. I saw tiger, you know, everybody wants tiger to play well, you know? Um, well, at least nowadays, I feel like a lot more people are on the tiger train. I know I'm one of those guys who, you know, growing up, it was just like almost anybody, but tiger wins every week. (laughs) Now I'm really rooting for the guy. Right. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot of big numbers up there. So, I mean, you pick it. I think, yes, there was a very, very tough, you know, it was tough conditions, but, you know, you had a lot of big names that were plus 10 or more. Right. Yep. I and think that's, that seems are you talking a little about Joaquin bit Neiman? What, what about him? Are you talking about Joaquin Neiman finishing a plus 10 big names that are disappointing? All right. Plus 11 and more. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think, know. It's just, it just a, think, it a bloodbath. I think Morikawa's pretty disappointing. Okay. I don't think anyone's. Like I don't think anyone's really 
you know, expecting a repeat, but he was definitely a favorite to miss the cut. I think that's kind of a bummer for for him. Yeah, I what, would what's say his him. history at Wingfoot though, you know? Nobody yeah. has history at Wingfoot besides Phil Mickelson. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think Morikawa is still still a stud. It's just it it takes playing these courses, even if you're on your game, to feel comfortable and know what you're doing, know the misses, know why to be on, you know, shade this side of the fairway on the way in, things like that. It's small things like that that add up over four days that make the difference between you winning it and you finishing or not making the cut. Right. You know who I was disappointed in was Dustin Johnson. That guy has been on a tear. And Dustin Johnson finished tied for six, so it's not like – but, but he <laughs> High standards there, buddy. Well, look, he wasn't a factor, though. It's Dustin Johnson. Yeah. I told you this. You guys didn't believe in my mojo. <laughs> no, I, I said the same thing, T-Bone. I was with you. Yeah. T-Bone, you called it, man. It was running out of steam. Um, <laughs> right. Also, I don't know if this is like a, a surprising upset or disappointment anymore, but at one point, Ricky was on the first page of the leaderboard. I don't know if that was... Friday or maybe even Saturday. I barely watch golf, but T49. What do you finish at? For Ricky. T49, nine over. No, nine 17 over. over. 17 uh, over. I was about to say, I saw him at yeah. 12 under. I mean, 12 over at one point. Yeah. So, I mean, Ricky and, and Spieth, it's just kind of becoming. They set the bar so high that, you know, I don't know if it's disappointing with how they finish anymore. Do they just kind of suck now? I think the most not surprising thing is to see Louis Hustazen in contention at a U.S. Open every year. He's always there every time. The farmer. I'm telling you. Louis Hustazen is a major championship winner and has never won on U.S. soil, even though he is a baller. So, um, overall, though, great week at the U.S. Open. Uh, Let's move on to T-Bone's golf weekend. So... Just got back off of my three-day golf adventure. It was the first annual Big Kahuna Open, which is a little bit of bad mojo because we played in a Cypress Wood tournament called the Big Kahuna, where we just got you know pencil whipped as usual. That's so true. wanted wanted a little redemption, and we'd had this this trip planned for about four or five months. Kiowa Island, a Ryder Cup package. So we had twelve dudes. You know, 72 holes of golf, um, Ryder Cup format, uh, and it was one of the best trips of my entire life. So the first day, we started off at the Ocean Course. So host of the 1991 Ryder Cup, where Bernhard missed that brutal three-and-a-half-footer to lose the Cup. And then 2012, Rory's PGA Championship. So definitely a lot of hype, a lot of history, and it was it was probably the best golf course I've ever played. I was playing with a buddy who had played Pebble, and he said, "This is this is next level." So that's a hot overall, take. Yeah, that's what he said. So it was uh, we had caddies, which was my first time actually having a caddy that carried my bag, and. Mad respect for the caddies out there. These dudes carry two golf bags, and I, it was just incredible. All their calves were like this, probably bigger than Bryson's arms, and 
Um, they were, they were just a lot of fun. Gave us a lot of good history. My caddy had caddied for Patrick Mahomes a few months ago. He'd caddied for Gary Player out there. He said he walked over 3,000 rounds. So it was really cool. Gave us a lot of good history and, and layout of the course. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh, yeah, so this was pretty funny. So my caddy, I guess this will be appropriate for the pod. Well, we'll see. Sure. Um, so the front nine was was incredible, but they said, you know, hold off on all the pictures until you get to the back nine. We're like, cool. So we're taking the, the shuttle over on the cart, and someone texts in the group, like, apparently the back nine's way harder. Like, we need to get our, our shit together for the back nine. Our caddy goes, he goes, back nine's harder? He goes, it's only harder if you're a pussy. We're like, <laughs> holy shit. Because the thing about the course is that it was the most visually intimidating golf course I've ever played in my life. It, it was so weird with, you know, how the oceans laid out and how bunkers are placed that just so mentally effed over the ball in some of these. And I, you know, the caddy gives me the line off a tee shot and he goes, you're going over this bunker. And I go, dude, there's, you know, water just right of that. And he goes, you're going over this bunker. And he's like, hit the damn ball. This is the line. He goes, get that shit out of your head. I'm telling you, this is the line. So it's like this whole time you're trying to, you're trying to mentally prepare for these shots and uh, kind of behind the scenes my caddy. I'm not entirely sure what he was doing, but looked like he was sneaking some, some booze <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and it, it started showing on the back nine and he would, you know, there's one shot where I was in between clubs and I, I really couldn't commit to a shot and I chunk it. And he's just like, I don't know how people don't commit to golf shots. He's like, why do you even hit the ball? So he was giving me a lot of shit, but um, it was one of the best trips I've ever been on. Uh, also, I got to play a course called Osprey Point, which was awesome. And then if, you ev- if you're ever in the Kiowa area, there's another place called Turtle, Turtle Point, I believe. And this was probably the coolest golf course I've ever played in my life. The uh, first 13 holes you know, just pretty nice ocean, sorry, not ocean, just pretty nice Keough Island golf, which you'd expect. And there's a stretch of four holes on the back nine. And there's people literally taking their boogie boards from the fairway, walking to the ocean. So you, you're, you can literally take a bridge from the golf course and you're 10 yards from the ocean. So nice. Overall it was great. I, this is my first you know, annual golf trip that's kind of on the books. And if anyone doesn't have one of those, you got to make it a regular event. I'm already looking forward to it for next year. We had a, you know, bunch of gambling games, bunch of shit talking. It was incredible. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll post some more picks later. We actually had a guy who, who ended up backing out, but uh, shout out to, to Lance Ingram, Lars. He, uh, had a neck injury, so ended up bringing a uh, Nikon camera for us and got some badass picks. So I'll be uh, be sure to throw that up on the uh, on the Insta. And also, you guys were—I think we we're pretty accurate in terms of my scores. We had a low score of seventy-five and high of eighty-nine. There it is. Kind of what the weather was there too. <laughs> so yeah, it was good stuff. And you know, not to brag, Daddy went three and zero in his matches, MVP of the Big Kahuna Open. MVP, no big deal. We've got to beat somebody with an 89. <laughs> I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. Was that Drew? Um, Shout out to Drew. Yeah, Drew was there. He was on the winning team as well. 
The uh, Hazel Rockets, I think, won eight to eight to four. Uh, the Hazel Rockets beat the Foot Wedge Mafia. But uh, also shout out to Skinny D, hosting the whole trip. Um, he put the the jacket on my back, so we've got a nice maroon Kiowa Island sport coat that's about eight sizes too big for me. I saw and, that. Uh, I got a couple Snapchats about that. Yeah. Nice. So uh, it was it was incredible. There's nothing like a good boys golf trip. There's nothing like it. Nothing better. It's it's, it's got to be an annual event for for every golfer out there. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, some other housekeeping before we get out of here. I am playing in the Houston Open this weekend. No big deal. I have not touched a club since the qualifier, which was like two, three weeks ago. I take that back. I, I played once. It was the scramble, the the Cypress Swiss scramble that we played in with Trey and Dumpy and Justin. So, but that was, again, like two weeks ago. So I'm going with the approach because for the Texas Am this year, I worked my tail off and didn't make it. I'm going with the, I didn't really practice before the Houston Open made it. So I'm taking that same approach, just like, hey, maybe I'll go hit balls once this week and then just figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. Let it ride. Just 100%. Swing freely. And so hopefully next week. So we were looking at the field and actually just got my tee time. I just got an email about that. I tee off at, oh, wolf, one thirty on Friday, one thirty in the afternoon. So I will be taking the full day off of work <laughs> that Friday. But, uh, yeah, I have no, no expectations. It's a 144-player field, and the cut goes down to 40. Goal is to make the cut. Goals to win. Cut after Saturday or Friday? After Saturday. So you get two rounds of golf and then the cut. So I will be keeping the listenership update on how I do next week. That's all I got, fellas. Is there anything else that y'all like to add before we get out of here? I just, I'm so happy that you let us know that the next two majors are the Masters twice. I can't get over that, man. That made my day. Do you think Bryson wins either one of those? Uh, I don't want to answer that right now. So we got one October. What, November. Or November. Is it like the 11th or 14th, something like that? Yes. It's the week of November 12th through the 15th. Is okay. The Masters. And then the next one? It's the usual time in April. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's fantastic. First, is this the first time ever we get back-to-back? Augusta National membership. It's got to be. It's got to be. And I love it. I love it. I mean, if you if you oh. get back-to-back Augusta, it's going to feel like the rest of the majors are just like there, I think, though. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping the one in April will have fans. How bad would that be to win your first Masters and uh, get the green jacket and only get to <laughs> keep it for, you know, less than half a year? <laughs> I'm like Tiger, who's gotten it for a year and a half. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Tiger is still your defending Masters champion right now. Like, there's nothing better than that. And think about last year, too, that just iconic moment of the fans yelling, Tiger, Tiger. Like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it right now. We're not going to get that this year. There's no fans, sorry, no patrons out at Augusta this year, which stinks. There you go. How dare yourself. My apologies. Just like how. How dare yourself? Did I just say that? How dare. You're right. Oh, fuck. It's been a long Monday. Let's wrap this up, boys. <laughs> Just 
This How dare you, self? Road. I don't even know. I thought I, I thought that was right. God. <laughs> Need some water. Scaf's <laughs> losing it. Scaf's losing it. KJ, good luck with everything else you got to do. T-Bone, always a pleasure. Thank you, for everybody, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the U.S. Open. I had a really good time watching it. It's good theater. Anytime Bryson's in the mix, it's almost must-see television now. I really think so. And um, Matthew Wolf wasn't his coming out party, but especially after his last two majors finishing top 10, you know, we were questioning why he was in that tailor-made match with Rory and Ricky and I forgot who oh, the yeah. fourth one was and Dustin Johnson, I think. Yep. His game is there. His game yep. is right there. And I think his major championships last two finishes prove that shout out to Patrick Reed for not winning, even though our friend Reed Fowler, who was on the episode last week, gave an awesome preview. Thank you again, Reed for coming on. He had Patrick Reed. I thought Patrick Reed was looking good for a while. Then it was scary. Uh, also, shout out for Tony Finau finishing top 10. I don't think anybody knew that. So, Justin Thomas, Rory Webb, Zalatoris, Xander. Shout out to Harris English for a fourth finish, too. It was a blast. Uh, good leaderboard. Wingfoot, I think, delivered. I don't know where the next U.S. Opens are. I think next year's might, might be Torrey Pines, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds so, right. Um, which is cool. Tiger Damn, Tiger might win the next three majors. Augusta, Augusta, Tory. Oh, they moved the PGA awesome. Championship. My bad. Kiowa, next yeah. year, let's go. Well, Ocean course. He got a, well, he might win the players, too, since that's upgraded to a major now. You're right. Actually, next year's PGA Championship counts because it's a Kiowa Island, and I've played there. It is. He's got the T-bone stamp of approval. On that note, we're going to get out of here. Before we do, follow us on social media at 300ParPod. Number three, 300ParPod, Twitter and Instagram. Again, if you have any thoughts on the tournament this week or any questions you would like us to answer at any point, feel free to reach out. The DMs are open. Check that email in the description below. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star rating. Hopefully, we've got some big things coming down the pipeline here at 300Par. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, some Hopefully, some things in the works here. So, fellas, that's all we got. I'm Scott for Kyle and T-Bone. And remember, little white ball is life.